This is episode 134 of the Landscape Photography Show, and last week you heard part one to this podcast of seven reasons your photography isn't improving, and we explored the first couple. We're going to get into the rest in this podcast episode, but first I want to thank the sponsor for the podcast, and that's Nature Photographers Network. You can go to naturephotographers.network and sign up for a year membership for only $49. That's really cheap for an entire year. Plus, since you are a listener to the podcast, they're giving you 10% off if you use the code LPS10. So 10% off an already cheap price. And what do you get out of that? Why should you join NPN? Well, you're going to join because you're getting direct access to professional photographers, their live webinars, their Ask Me Anythings, their exclusive articles. There's so much there to unpack. Really, if you just join now, you could probably spend the next year alone going back through all of the past content on Nature Photographers Network. So sign up today. That's a year membership for $49 when you go to naturephotographers.network and additional 10% off if you use the code LPS10. Right now, we're going to get into the second part of the seven reasons your photography isn't improving. And why, again, I wanted to bring this to the podcast is there's so much value to unpack in this. And while we were going through this live, the comments were just rolling through like, wow, I never thought of it that way. Or That's exactly what I'm dealing with. Now I know how to get out of this. So this isn't going to pinpoint just what you're struggling with at times as a photographer. And the reason all of these in here are relevant is because they're all things that we've all been through as photographers. No matter if you are a pro for 50 years or you are a hobbyist just learning your camera, you're going to go through these things. So they're relevant and people are like, Not only did I feel that way, now I know how to get out of it. And that is the key here. That's the crux to this entire topic. Let's get to part two right now. The 80-20 rule has a lot to do with this. Um, The 80-20 rule is something that I learned from Paul Nicklin. You know, I was speaking at a conference with Paul Nicklin, which um, is amazing. Talk about, you know, imposter syndrome. That was an incredible opportunity to just meet him and be on the same stage with him. That's insane. He's a National Geographic photographer. Um, But, you know, Paul talked about this 80-20 rule. And he talked about what you do in the field to get that better shot, uh, to get a more creative look to it. And he talked about uh, the 80-20 rule being 80% of what you do in the field is technique, gear, uh, figuring out you know the basic compositional guidelines to set up the shot. And then after that, he talked about, hey, the 20% extra that you spend in time in the field crafting the shot, making the perspective that much better, making the composition that much better, that's what makes your photography great. There are so many people doing the 80%. How many people are doing the 20%? And that really resonated with me, and that is something that I've taken 
from that experience of being able to speak with him and on the same stage as him and taking that and saying, you know what, when am I not using the extra 20%? So that could mean staying in the field 30 minutes longer, staying at a location 30 minutes longer and trying to get that extra 20% of a shot. If you're doing that, already that's awesome but if that resonates with you and you're like wow i really need to spend that extra time to get that extra 20 percent this is coming from a national geographic photographer so if he's saying do the extra 20 percent uh and you're not doing that let me know in the comment section if that resonates with you and you're going to start doing that as somebody who is a photographer so the 80 20 rule has been huge for me of feeling like i'm breaking out of a rut and not feeling stuck and that's also huge when you just can't figure out a scene just spend a little bit extra time there trying to see it a little bit differently number four is your focus is too narrow and i'm not talking about the focus of your lens i'm talking about the focus of your mind and what you are trying to see as a photographer, what you're trying to produce as a photographer, and get out there for the world to see that expression of what you want to do. So when your focus is too narrow, you don't see things exactly as you want to. And this is a great example. You know, I don't I don't really like to throw my own photos in here unless it's a great teaching example, but this is a teaching example of um seeing things differently i was in death valley national park and i wanted to photograph you know a crazy sunset over the mountains with these crazy mud tiles in front of them but i thought you know what i'm going to think a little bit differently i'm going to get bird's eye view perspective of probably a one foot by one foot mud crack and photograph that and i know these little small scenes have become very popular lately but having a different way of seeing the landscape and just trying something that comes to mind. So often we think of things that are like, um, maybe I should try that or maybe I should shoot that. Uh, you should do that if that comes to mind. You should not ignore that intuition. You know, we, we have, Zen Buddhism talks about going, having a mindset of following your intuition rather than a set plan. And I think that's huge for photographers and, and what we should be doing uh, because intuition can often lead to great photos. You know, John Barclay, one of the great photographers who I always try to emulate, uh, always says, when somebody when something makes you say, wow, you should probably take the photo. And, you know, in simplest terms, that's what you should do as a photographer. If you say, wow, get your camera out because it's probably going to be a, a pretty great photo. There are multiple genres and subgenres within subgenres in photography. What does that even mean? Well, if I'm trying to take a photo and I'm trying a technique that I'm tired of doing, I can say, well, maybe I should try this instead. And we're all familiar with these little Venn diagrams, these three circles that intertwine with one another. Uh, but I think this is really good for what we are trying to accomplish as photographers because we are seeing, we're trying to get right in this middle section of the Venn diagram where they all intersect. And we're trying to, um, you know, create something that speaks to us and that we want to express through our art form. But all these circles are different 
subgenres within nature photography, landscape photography, however you want to describe yourself as a photographer, there are genres and subgenres, and we just want to be that little point in the middle where they all intersect and are cohesive. So I make a list of like what you like to shoot. This could be an assortment of things, you know, make a list like I'm a landscape photographer. That could also be, I want to do intimate detail shots. That could also be, I want to do wide scenes with my wide angle lens. That could be time lapse. So you see there's this photography is the overall way we communicate. The subgenre is landscape photography. The subgenre of the subgenre is intimate detail, wide scenes, time lapse. There's so many things we could be trying. If you like tree photography, try all of these subgenres out and you'll ultimately be able to break out of that feeling of like your photography isn't improving. So really go forward with that. And I love this quote. We often are averse to learning. The older we get, the more averse to learning we become, typically. At least that's how I've seen it in my own life and my own journey. Learning never exhausts the mind. And there's never too much information that you can take in in a long period of time. Now, I say that with the caveat at the end because there is a point where you can take, a, take in too much information at one time and feel overwhelmed. This is, like we're talking about, the diligent prosper. We're taking in a little bit at a time, learning that little bit. Taking in another little bit at a time, learning that little bit. Daily execution of getting better and feeling unstuck, feeling like we're improving. There's a lot that goes into that. Um, I love this quote too that this person shares. You know, my grandpa used to say, We grow too soon uh, old and too late smart. Amen to that because that could have saved me so much time when I was younger. But, you know, college, college football parties. I'm just speaking the truth of my own journey. I'm not saying I'm proud of that era of my life, but it is what it is. Um, continuing on though, I digress. Um, learning never exhausts the mind. You haven't found enough places. Number five, I'm going to actually take you through this process, right? You haven't found enough places to shoot. I'm not talking about you need to go to an exotic location. There are ways that you can make day trips to locations close by your home that you just haven't found and you need to just put in the time to be able to learn those things. So I'm actually gonna take you on my screen right now. Uh, I'm gonna add this to my stream. I'm gonna go to Google Earth, okay? And I'm going to there's a ruler option feature on the left side of the screen of Google Earth. I'm just zoomed in on Nashville. That's my hometown where I'm from. And I'm going to click this ruler. And I know that about an hour's drive is about 60 miles. So let's go. I always say a three-hour drive is pretty much max what I want to do in a day and back. Um, so I'm just going to go out 180 miles. And that takes me east just east of Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm going to click there and that lets me know that's the starting point of my radius of where I want to go 
in a single day. That tells me I'm getting into the Smoky Mountains, right? I'm getting into Pigeon Forge, uh, Nantahala National Forest. I can go down to Chattanooga. I can go up to into Kentucky, Western Kentucky. You can see this is a huge swath of land that you can get to. This is a massive driving distance. Now, if I just have that line pulled up, what I can just do is zoom in on this section. Let's just say I know from experience, but just for example, let's say I just want to zoom up on an area like Cookville, Tennessee, and I can zoom in here and see not only the city of Cookville, but I can scroll down to like city lake natural area. I can scroll down to, uh, okay, I have all these state parks coming up, Window Cliff State Natural Area, Burgess Falls State Park. These are popular places, Fancher Falls. There's so much that you can get to within that radius of what you are doing. And what happens here is you are available to make these day trips, go out to these places. So there's a lot to do in a three hour drive of where you're going. There's a lot to do and a lot of options. You just have to put in the time to look, zoom in, look around, zoom out, trying to figure out where you want to go and what you want to see. So utilize Google Earth. You, Google Earth is a massive opportunity for landscape photographers of finding unknown locations and finding places that no one else is shooting and allow you to break out of a creative rut if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling like your photography is not improving. So in the intro, I talked to you about the sponsor for the podcast, Nature Photographers Network, and I went through various things like webinars, Ask Me Anythings, exclusive articles. Let me hit the most beneficial thing for you if you're joining Nature Photographers Network, and that is the image critiques. Not only are you going to get critiques that are going to help you think differently about your photography and get input from other photographers about, hey, I'm seeing it this way, maybe try this next time. I think the most beneficial thing is you're getting direct access in coaching from these photographers. If you look at like an hour long coaching session with a professional photographer, you're going to be spending hundreds, even thousands of dollars for just an hour. On Nature Photographers Network, you're spending $49 for an entire year, plus 10% off when you use the code LPS10, and you're getting access to a lot of professional photographers, most who have been professional photographers for over 10 years. So again, you can go to naturephotographers.network, use the code LPS10 to sign up for a year membership today, and guess what? You're going to save thousands of dollars in the long run. Let's get back to the podcast. So what is another one? That was number five. Number six, you just aren't in balance. Uh, when you're out of balance, you tend to fall over. When you're in balance, you're running, you're making huge strides, right? So when you're out of balance, what happens is there's something that falls off. So when you think about balance and photography, this is a really crazy involved graph here. 50% of photography, in my opinion, is editing. 50% is your infield work. Now, using just those simplistic numbers, 50% and 50%, when you start going 60% infield, 70%, then that 
post-processing that editing goes to 30% and you're not spending a lot of time learning techniques and editing too. And when that happens, uh, your infield work, you're really proud with the compositions that you get, but then you kind of put in your computer and you go through the editing and you're like, uh, I don't really know what to do with this photo editing wise. How do I enhance it in my own style? that's when your photography starts to lack and that's when self-doubt creeps in. And we saw in the first slide, self-doubt is the enemy of creativity. So when you're thinking about self-doubt, when you're thinking about what am I doing as a photographer, uh, maybe you're out of balance. Like you're spending way too much time on infield stuff, way too few time on editing things. And maybe you are a realistic photographer and you don't like to edit. That's totally fine. But the majority of us, shoot in the field and then edit on our computer. And we want to know when that's out of balance. So you really need to think about that. Your field work and your post-processing need to be on the same journey. When they are on the same journey, you're in sync, you're in balance. When, you're, when they're not on the same journey, one gets stronger than the other and one kind of falls off. So while you're learning how to get better in the field, also learn how to get better in editing. And, and that can be overwhelming when you're taking in a lot of information. But remember, we're making small steps, diligent steps of daily growth in our photography. So here's, a, here's an example of this. My infield work, I felt like, was, a, was really coming on. And this is a, a sand dune shot from Death Valley. I really felt like my infield work was coming on, but this is the photo that I edited and that I came out with. I'm not thrilled about this photo. I loved it in the field, but then I edited it and I was just kind of like, I don't really know what I'm doing here. I'm just trying to make something out of what I thought was going to be great. And now I don't like what I'm seeing. If you've ever felt that way, let me know. Um, but a lot of this happens when you're out of balance. When I started learning post-processing techniques, I came back to this photo and this is what I created. I worked on different techniques in post. I worked on white balance. I worked on highlights and shadows. I worked on luminosity masking. All of that went into a completely different kind of photo. And if I just scroll back and forth through these, you can see maybe you like one over the other. I tremendously like the second one better than the other. So your field work and your post-processing need to be on that same journey. Number seven, you need a, you just need a coach. All right. This is huge. A coach in photography, we're not talking about somebody who's going to be screaming at you. When I talk about you need a coach in photography, what I'm talking about is somebody who helps you through the process. They're going to give you unbiased opinions. They're going to give you constructive criticism about your photography. And maybe you need to self-evaluate what's going on with your photography because when they give you that constructive criticism, that's not the time for you to be like, well, this is how I want to shoot that's the time for you to say, you know what, this is somebody else's opinion about what they're seeing in my images. Maybe I should take that into consideration and work on that for next time that I go shoot in photography. So 
when you think about getting a coach in photography, you need to think about what am I doing and how am I going to receive this information because I don't want you to get your feelings hurt as a photographer. And that can happen. Uh, but what happens with this is you can get exponentially better as a photographer too. And coaches can cost a lot of money. I'm not going to lie. If you look at some of the rates for like an hour with somebody, um, it's going to be a pretty steep price tag. But photo coaching is image critiques, you know, webinars, YouTube, photo clubs, all these things can go into photo coaching, helping you get better. But again, besides YouTube, a lot of these can be expensive. You know, this is a free webinar. YouTube is free. Um, there's a lot of things that you can do with YouTube and finding different tutorials that you can have. And I have a lot of these tutorials on my YouTube channel. Um, but it can only go so far. Sometimes you have to pay for the extra little bit of information. YouTube is a quick glimpse into a technique. Coaching is a great in-depth kind. A coach will give you unbiased and practical suggestions to improve your photography. The best that I've seen on this, and this is like, if you look up what an hour costs with somebody, um, it's going to get sometimes into the thousands for an hour of coaching on your photography. Hundreds definitely, sometimes into the thousands. Nature Photographers Network is $49 a year. It's pretty pretty reasonable, right? Um, they have Ask Me Anything. They have webinars, critiques. You know, just a few weeks ago, they had Alex Noriega giving critiques to people. If you look at what do you think an hour of Alex's time would cost? He's one of the premier landscape photographers out there. Um, and, and they're nice enough. Look, it's $49 a year. If you go to naturephotographers.network and use the code LPS10, you're going to get even 10% off of that. Um, and they gave us that code for this webinar and for the podcast. So definitely take into consideration the savings that you're going to get on the coaching for that. And we're talking about photographers like, uh, I mean, like Matt Payne's on there, uh, Alex Noriega, TJ Thorne, uh, John Barclay, uh, William Neal's on there who shot with Ansel Adams. I mean, how much is his time going to be worth? It's only $49 minus 10%. When you use the code LPS10, that's pretty significant that you want to go ahead and take advantage of. So, again, I'll put that code up there for you guys to see. Uh, this is going to help you feel free. And I hope this webinar helped you feel free. I hope this webinar gave you a lot to chew on and think about. And, and if you have any questions, I want to go ahead and open that up for any Q&A that you might have. Um, just let me know in the comments of this live presentation. But just take these with a grain of salt. Say which one of these is going to help me most and which one is going to help me break out of my rut as a photographer, which is going to apply to my photography. And maybe you can come back to this, you know, it's going to live on either on the podcast or on the Facebook page that you're on, uh, Facebook group, I should say, in the speakeasy. And you're saying, well, 
I'm feeling stuck again. Maybe I should go back and watch that webinar again and figure out, you know, another way that I can get free from feeling stuck, free from feeling like I'm not improving as a photographer. Um, yeah, if you really want to learn the material, teach a class. That's a great suggestion from coming in. Um, you know, there's so much in photography that is a lot to unpack. If you want to learn it the most, try teaching it. <laughs> that's, that's really going to take you to the next level. Um, okay. I'm going to say thank you for now. If you have any questions and you want to reach out to me, maybe a lot of this is going to, um, get into, you know, questions that you may have later on. You can always, uh, direct message me on Instagram. I'm David Johnston photo on there. Uh, we do have one question that's come in and let's get to that. So great pointers, difference between nature photographers network and groups like, uh, PSA and local clubs. The difference is with nature photographers network, you get direct access to over 20 professional photographers at once who, if you post a photo, they're probably going to critique it and comment on it and you don't get that anywhere else. Um, so again, you know, I'll put that banner up for you guys to see the code if you want to get that. But I, again, have never found a more robust resource for photo coaching than NPN right now. Um, so NPN is an amazing platform, an amazing resource. And again, LPS 10 is the code that you can use on that. So go ahead and do that to my daughter's literally screaming in the background right now. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> go ahead and sign up for that. Uh, but thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you for joining the webinar. I really, really appreciate it. And I love this community that we've built here. If you want to invite one of your friends that you think they're going to get value out of out of it too, please invite them and let them know the uh, secret password to the Facebook group too. Wink, wink. So that wraps up part two of this live webinar that I did, Seven Reasons Your Photography Isn't Improving. I hope that not only this pinpointed something that you have been through, but more importantly, I hope that this pinpointed something that you are going to go through. Because if you've already been through something, you went through the trial and error to get out of it. Maybe this met you right in the middle of the storm and you're going through it now and now you know how to get out of it. Most importantly, what I hope to get out of this for you is that now you know something you will go through in the future and how to get out of it because it took me a long time to figure out and I wanna cut that more than in half for you. So you're gonna get through it faster, save time, energy, and money and stress in the long run. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. I'll see you next week.